Dior Talks. I really want to celebrate the creativity of the women, but all the creativity. It's another way to give voice to the artists that I like. Only in this way you can move in the future and then you have a conversation with a new generation of women. I couldn't be more delighted to say that today on the Dior Talks, we will be speaking to none other than the creative director of the women's collections at Dior, Maria Grazia Curie, to find out all about her love for art and feminist theory and its impact on her designs here at Dior. Since taking the helm at the House of Dior and becoming its first female creative director in 2016, Maria Grazia Curie has collaborated with the biggest names in art. These range from referencing Nikita Sanfal or collaborating with the godmother of feminist art, Judy Chicago, who created an unrealized artwork from the 1970s for the Autumn Winter 2020 Haute Couture Show here in Paris, to younger artists perpetuating their legacy. This podcast, Conversations with Female Artists and Curators Who Have Directly Inspired Maria Grazia, will serve as an introduction to the series, giving us an insight in understanding not just Maria Grazia's personal relationship to art, but its inspiration in her work as a fashion designer. As a common thread and true to Maria Grazia Curie's commitment to feminism, it will amplify women's voices and give them a place to express their personal stories, values and understanding of creativity. My name is Katie Hessel. I'm an art historian and curator from London and founder of the Great Women Artists Instagram account. And today I am going to be meeting Maria Grazia Curie at the Jardin du Luxembourg to find out all about her decision to pursue an artistic career through fashion. Hi, Maria Grazia. It's so good to be here with you today. Why have you brought us here? The first time that I went here, I started to walk around and I, I saw this beautiful fountain. And I am very obsessed about this fountain. I love the water in any case. It's interesting. It's very still for a fountain. <laughs> yeah, but it's, uh, I love it because uh, I, the, the, the architectural is beautiful and also the decor on, uh, on the green. And, uh, it's so... Uh, Italian touch yes. and taste that I really like. It feels very Baroque. Yes, and that's uh, remember me, Roma, Florence. I see a lot of things. Also, the green around yeah. in some way is in my memory. And then, and then surrounded by Parisian architecture. Yeah. It's an interesting kind of juxtaposition. And it's not so big, it's small. And very relaxed, and and it's nice also because around the fountain the people come here to make picnic for lunchtime. It's super cute. Do you think back to Rome quite a lot in Italy with your? I come back all the weekend, yeah. honestly, when I can, mm. because uh, I don't know why. I think Italy is so inspiring place. Also, Paris, of course, but the style of life is completely different. Yeah. Uh, especially in Rome, we have everywhere antique element, history, but different time of history that live all together. And you live in, inside this history, but you don't think about that. Yeah. You, you understand that only when you go away. Probably that's helped me to understand more about myself, because it's like that you see your life from another point of view. When you live your life, you don't realize. Yeah. Uh, you think that everything is... Uh, 
normal. Yeah. Because it's uh, where you're born, where you spend all your time. When you live in another place, uh, when you come back, uh, you see your normal life with a different point of view. And probably that's helped me also in Dior, because I start in Dior to understand more about myself. Do you? Yeah. Yes. But I'm so fascinated to hear about kind of how this love for feminist art particularly kind of came about. When you were younger in Rome, was it something that you were surrounded by? What did you grow up with? Oh, I, I grew up uh, with the idea that I could be made in my life what I want because I, I was very lucky because my family was a really open mind, but also because I grew up uh, in uh, during the 17. 17 was a very special moment in Italy yeah. because immediately started the, the, the feminist revolution. So I grew up in this kind of uh, attitude in my family, but also yeah. around me. Uh, so I never reflect too much about that because in my, in my family they didn't ask, they didn't say my me never to you have to marry or you have to make this like a woman. They say me. You have to make what you want, you have yeah. to find the work. So, honestly, I didn't realize. Yes. Also, after, I was so lucky to start my career in Fendi Family, mm. where I found five women, super strong yeah. and super independent. I should <laughs> add that we're actually walking through the section in the garden where we are surrounded by all these really strong women who are so, on these pedestals. Uh, no, because when you... I spent there 10 years, 9 years, uh, so... And all these women uh, believe a lot in themselves. Uh, they would like to yeah. realize a fantastic brand. Uh, we work it in teamwork. So I never... You always have those kind of feminine heroes Absolutely. for us. And they give also a big opportunity at the, at the young designer like me to create. They never stop us. All the time they say to us, oh, please, uh, if you have an idea, realize it. Don't yeah. worry. Uh, so there was an atmosphere about uh, really, like a factory, yeah. uh, really freedom. Uh, I, I have to thank you all, the, all my life. I think that uh, I can do my work like I do only because uh, my mentor was Fendi Family and Valentina Giammetti. Yeah. I was so lucky to yeah. work with the founder of the company. For the young generation today is uh, very difficult because mm. uh, to work so close uh, with the founder of the company. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But your mother, I know, was a big inspiration to you because you kind of grew up around, she was a seamstress and she had her yes. atelier at home. Yes, so for me it was normal to, to speak with the atelier. To, yeah. Nothing was so unusual. It's part of my background. And also my mother was a really independent woman that tried to realize herself because for her life was not so easy after the Second War. Yeah. We are speaking about a generation that had at the time a completely different opportunity. It's not like now. Where do you think she got her strength from or her kind of determination to be a businesswoman as well as a oh, seamstress? She, because she would like to be independent. Yeah. From, but at the same time, I saw also my father to support her a lot, to yeah. believe in her. So I think it uh, was a good example to see like it was possible to work together, to build something together mm. for the future. They never discussed about that uh, because uh, the priority was uh, to realize themselves together. Yeah. So 
for me, I never felt uh, the necessity to not to believe that could be possible also for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was uh, also lucky after to find a husband that um, made the same, that supported me a lot. So. But the real thing is not that. The real thing is uh, like the idea in any case uh, today that is not possible that you realize uh, all the aspects that you want to realize in your life, that you have yeah. to choose in some way. Mm. That's what I don't like. Absolutely. So in this in this garden as well, we are surrounded by all these incredible statues of these women and queens of illustrious women yeah. on these pedestals. How does this make you feel? Oh, I'm very happy because that uh, means to celebrate women. Yeah. And I'm really happy because uh, it's uh, really unusual to find a place where there are so many statues that celebrate women. I hope that the people look it and uh, think about that. Also in the collection where we celebrate Cariatidi, that is another figure that you see around Paris very yeah. frequently, is a women statue that maintain the building. Mm. Also in this case, uh, is a powerful uh, image of the women. Yeah. I really love that. In some way, my work, uh, I want to celebrate women. Yeah. And I ask also other artists to celebrate women with me. So now we're going to be leaving the Jardin de Luxembourg and heading to Maria Grazia's office at Dior headquarters. So we are now in your office. Thank you so much for welcoming us here. Oh, I'm very happy. It's the next time also in my home in Paris. Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. You know, it's incredible to be surrounded by so many different artworks and posters. And I mean, there's a whole wall that is just covered in magazine covers that are either of you or that you've styled. I can see Jennifer Lawrence a lot of the time wearing the Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie top. We should all be feminists. And it's incredible to see that. When was it that you started to first collect art? And what does that mean for you? No, I don't feel like a collector. Do you not? No, you have no. so many artworks around no, you. No, I don't do that like a collector because I, they are like a souvenir and remember me specific moment of my life. Yeah. So can you can you describe, uh, can you tell us about some of the other art in this room yeah. as well? We're absolutely surrounded by it. There are all these work from artists that I really love, and uh, in some cases I was so lucky to meet. The first work, Tommaso Binga, the grey, where she naked on top, and yeah. also this was a beautiful gift that she gave me after the, our collaboration, where she wrote uh, the poetry that she declaimed in my show at the last minutes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And so it's a mix between artwork and, and memory of the moment that we share together. Yeah. And also these two beautiful work that she made. This one is a very rare because in this you can see her face. And normally in her work you see her body, your naked body, but you don't see her face. Yeah, so these are kind of large large, maybe A2 size um, black, yeah. uh, what appear to be paper framed works with a woman's body yeah. in sort of suspended in the middle of them with this string and, and, and all this kind of piece of paper. Is it saying any text on this piece of paper? Yes, she wrote uh, because all the time uh, she's uh, really closer with the writing. Uh, she's a writer first. Uh, she expressed herself uh, 
a lot with the words. And so, and she made that in 76. And one day when I went in her house in Rome, she showed me these two work and I was so fascinated. And she said, okay, I send you this work. So I, you can put in your office. And I'm very happy because at the end of the month in March, uh, she is doing an exhibition in Rome at Tommaso Binga. Yes, I'm very exciting and I want to go 29. I put on my yes. <laughs> uh, agenda because it's very important for me. This I really love, these other two work. Is, there are three work of her. It's a Catilla Rocca. I, I love this SOS. Uh, it's in Italian, Salvate l'Umanità, Maceri di Lusso. Which translates the ruins of luxury. Yes, it's just a little bit ironic <laughs> to have this in my office. And, and to kind of give a bit of context, where, whenabouts was this? Uh, oh, this work, work is around uh, 70 and uh, also the second that speak about uh, la missione sociale della credenza because uh, you have to think that uh, was a specific moment in Italy with abortion and divorce yeah. that was uh, finally done in uh, 74. And uh, I remember very well in my family yeah. that my father and my mother was completely agree with this new opportunity for everybody. But uh, for example, my, my grandmother didn't spoke with them for a long time. Really? Yes, because we are not to forgot that uh, Italy is very, was very Catholic at the time and we had the Pope uh, yeah. in Rome. So the discussion was very hard. Yeah. And in the, inside the family, big discussion for the old generation than the new generation. Mm. Because for my grandmother was unacceptable, this yeah. idea for my father and my mother, that was what they want for mm. the future, uh, that the people can choose what they want about their personal body and their personal life. And do you think this, this at the time influenced a lot of artists to actually create work and reaction Absolutely. to Absolutely. They, they worked a lot about this reference, especially about the body of the women, because they want to be free about the to decide about their body. So I should mention that we're recording in your office today and I'm just looking at this picture here of your daughter, oh. Raquel, and she has the um, the top Why Have There Been No Great Women Artists, which was yeah. Linda Nochlin, who was yeah. this kind of formidable feminist art historian who was working in the 70s. She wrote this incredible essay talking about Why Have There Been No Great Women Artists. When did you first read oh. that essay and what impact did it have on you? I found this book inside the, the Galleria of uh, D'Arte Moderna. Yeah. I found this little book and immediately I spoke with Raquel, my daughter, and I was uh, absolutely obsessed about this book. I see yeah. that uh, as to became uh, a book uh, in old school. Mm. I think that uh, if uh, when I was young I could read this book before, that could help me a lot. Yeah. I think even just, you know, putting the slogan on a t-shirt saying, why have there been no great women artists? And actually having that, wearing that, once someone actually addresses it to you, you really kind of notice and you have this change of consciousness. It's the same with Chimamanda's Negozio Adichie's We Should All Be Feminists. When I decide, also inside the company, I spoke at the time with the CEO and I say, I want to make this T-shirt. And the first thing that he said is, uh, Dior is no T-shirt. I say, yes, I know, but I want to make a T-shirt because I think that if we want to send a message, the yeah. best way in fashion is to make a T-shirt. Yeah. And they say, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. Because for them also, the idea that in Dior there was a T-shirt had there never been a T-shirt before? No, because T-shirt <laughs> is not part of the couture yeah. brand. But 
is different today. Mm, yeah. And what I was very happy was also when I found uh, some girls in, uh, in the Brooklyn Museum and I found a girl with a fake T-shirt of Dior. No. And, and I asked her, can I was we... Yes, and it was super fun. I said, we can take a picture together. She didn't know who I was. Uh, she didn't know that was fake. Yeah. But I think that was a yeah. goal for me. Uh, it becomes like a brand in a way. Yeah. People want to wear the We Should All Be Feminist because, yes, it's Dior, but also... You don't buy because it's Dior. You yeah. buy because there is this message. Yeah. I think it's completely different, the yeah. approach. And I love this. So I'd love to ask you about, um, you know, the concept of feminist art and why you choose these particular artists to collaborate with. Uh, I choose uh, them because uh, in some way was uh, like... Um, a journey in my life in Dior and uh, I met uh, uh, in the book or in the exhibition some reference that connect me with this artist. Yeah. There was uh, not a special program in my mind. It was a really instant way to work. Uh, and the, when I approach them, I never think about one specific collection. I think about to have a conversation. And when I think is a good moment to have a, uh, a collaboration, mm. I propose them. Also, when I met the first time Judy Chicago, in my mind it was not for couture or for uh, pret-a-porter. My idea was to know Judy Chicago. Yeah. Uh, when I met her, I was uh, really exciting because uh, I saw her work in uh, Brooklyn Museum because I read a lot about her. So for me, it was exciting to speak with her. Mm. And when she said, I have this uh, dream to realize uh, uh, the, this project that I never realized, I say, oh, it's super uh, cool, I would like to support you, we can work together at this project. What was it at first that really attracted you to Judy Chicago? Was it, you know, seeing the aesthetic, was it seeing the fabrics or no, was it no. the message? The, what attracted me was in the party was uh, honestly that she wants to celebrate uh, all the women forgot in the history of uh, the world. Yeah. Honestly, and in some way, in a different way, in con I am doing the same. Yes. I was. Uh, I want to to speak about uh, women that are not so very well known uh, or that are not so uh, recognized yeah. so well around the world. So that's touched me a lot because uh, I think that she was a really pioneerist. Yeah. And attracted me also the way that she made that because it was a collective work because uh, she realized uh, the dinner party with other women around the world for make the embroidery, for make the all uh, the ceramic elements. Mm. And at the same time, the beauty of the work, yes. because in any case, is intellectual work, but at the same time, it's really beautiful work. I think it speaks to someone like Nikita Samval as well, who you've referenced as well. And I love the fact that in your Spring Summer 18 um, show, you actually kind of almost recreated parts of the tarot garden mm -hmm. and and this mirror aspect and these mosaics. What really attracts you to her? But that's the same for Nikita Samval was incredible because the most famous is the garden that she made in Tuscany. But honestly, there is also another 
her beautiful work uh, close to Paris mm. uh, that is unbelievable and is not so well known uh, is incredible uh, that she made this collaboration with other artists and yeah. they create inside the, the forest uh, I went only yes. one time and I want to come back because it's so beautiful that you can imagine it's so poetic yeah. But for her, it was very hard to realize uh, uh, the garden because at the time, also for her, there was not enough money. Mm. And so you understand like the force of these women to realize themselves uh, and the, like the community of other women help and supporting them to create this piece of art. Yeah. I think that's interest me a lot because we are speaking about the sisterhood and speaking also about the women that want to express themselves because for them is something that comes from their heart, mm. their passion. And all the time you find body, body yeah. of the women. Because both Nikki de Sanfalbe, like uh, Judy Chicago, they speak about all the time the body. Yeah. Also, the Nana are a huge women that in some way remember the Grande Madre. Yeah. The, the, this reference is very important for them. And for example, when you collaborated with someone like Penny Slinger, um, you know, that was actually more, I guess, that, that was a collaboration you know, with actual the, the, the actual clothes and how you had the last model walk out on the runway with her iconic house. Um, how does that kind of creative process come about? Because that's slightly different, I guess, from just designing a set. Penny Singer was completely different. But also, <laughs> I was attracted about her work because she spent a lot of time in this house with boyfriends at the time. Yeah. And after she made this picture, and I was very fascinated about this picture because in any case, are also the surrealist element. But you feel like the idea of the house and the work and the life is all together. When I invite her to speak with her and they say it's an important issue for us because we are left Avenue Montaigne that in some way was our house. Yeah. So like we can celebrate this moment and she spent time inside uh, Montaigne oh, to wow. understand the, 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 the history of the yeah. house because uh, we are not to forget that for Dior, uh, the store in Avenue Montaigne, all the building was the first place where Mr. Dior decided to open his uh, maison and uh, he worked there for all his life. Yeah. Uh, so I would like with uh, Penny that she translate uh, this important reference for your house with her language. And what she made, she made a work that I think was amazing because in some way she celebrated... The gold leaf house. Yes, but yeah. all the women yeah. that was part of the, the this house yeah. because Mr. Dior in any case worked with a lot of women Yes, her sister was a big reference for him mm. so this house was not the house only of Mr. Dior but all the women around Mr. Dior but also the seamstress the, the model that he loves to have uh, the premiere yeah. if you see the picture of Mr. Dior all the time around him there are a lot of women mm. so 
with Penny, uh, and uh, when he asked Hazo to realize the gold house, uh, is a symbolic way also to celebrate uh, the house, like house of uh, women, not the house of, yes. of Mr. <laughs> and I find fascinating also the sort of spectrum of artists you're looking at, because yes, we're looking at Penny Slinger and uh, Judy Chicago and Nicholas Avelba, but also much more, I guess, intimate artists such as Tracy Emin. We start a fantastic relationship together because at the first issue I asked her to make a piece of art for um, our new concept store that we made in um, in Paris. And uh, when she made, I was so fascinated also because I went to her uh, in London, in yeah. our studio, and um, immediately uh, we started a conversation that was very helpful for me because uh, she criticized fashion to yeah. also to say that because our idea in fashion was uh, to give a model. So immediately I say, I understand your point of view and I want to work on it. I want to try to change uh, just, just a little bit. How also. did you do that? In couture, you can do some construction because, like I said, you you has a relationship with the single women, and you can do the the specific jacket for her. But when you work in prêt à porter, you have to to work in a different way. You have to to create um, pieces that are really uh, wearable for different body. Yeah. Uh, I'm working a lot on it also to test the work in a different shape. If it's too much specific, the risk is that it's not so uh, universal. Yeah, that's what's interesting as well as you do have this such intergenerational audience as well. You're working with 80 plus year old artists, but also much younger artists. And I should add that it's a, we're a week away uh, from the um, the show and you're going to be working with Claire Fontaine. Yes, uh, they are a collective, honestly, because it's uh, 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 women and men. Yeah. So it's completely different. I discovered them in this important uh, exhibition in Galleria d'Arte Moderna that is um, Corpo a Corpo that touched me a lot this exhibition that they made I think two years ago three years ago and so at this exhibition I saw the, for the first time the work that Claire Fontaine made about Carla Lunzi I was very fascinated because at the time uh, I'm reading about Carla Lunzi she wrote the best uh, feminist book uh, uh, in Italy and she's well known uh, also uh, in other countries. Yeah. What she wrote was very, very important. Yeah. She is part of Accardi, uh, Rivolta Feminista, my manifesto is very important part of uh, uh, feminist art in Italy. Uh, so I asked them to realize uh, a work for the next show that has in reference uh, the manifesto di rivolta feminista that Carla Ronzi did uh, oh my God, in the 70s. Wow. So um, they are working on it. We can't say too much about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> and their work is ab around uh, this idea of Carla Ronzi also because... Uh, in March, open uh, this uh, important exhibition in Rome in Galleria d'Arte Moderna with uh, all uh, feminist artists wow. that uh, Italian all work in Italy. Yeah. Because uh, they have uh, all the archive of Carla Lunzi now in the gallery. Yeah. I'm very proud of that. So for the future, um, 
women or people that want to study, they can go there yeah. and to find all the archives. That's and this incredible. is an important issue that uh, the director uh, made, uh, that is Christiana Collo. So we always end uh, this podcast with the same question, which is, who is your feminist hero? I was very lucky to have two kids. I really admire my daughter because um, she working very hard to, to be what she is. I don't speak so much about my son, but uh, I think that also him teach me a lot. It's beautiful when you see that uh, you don't have to teach your kids, but you learn from your kids. <gasps> Amazing. Thank you so much, Thank Maria you. Grazia.